Hello and welcome to this podcast, TF, that one you're listening to at this very moment. At this juncture. <laughs> this very juncture. You are, unless you've paused it now, in which case you will just have been listening to it recently. Yeah. However, if you're still with us, uh, you are listening to it now indeed. Well, if they're listening to this, they are still with us. It is me, Riley, here in studio with Milo. And also we have Hi. Alison Hussein. Hi. I from Obama's 60th birthday party. We're having a great time. <laughs> Remembering his only scandal, the tan suit. <laughs> Hussein, Hussein is turning Obama's 60th birthday party technically into a masjid. That's right. Yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> no um, one can sorry, stop him. I think you'll find it already was a masjid. What do you, yeah, what do you, what do you, oh, what yeah. do you think the funding's for? Barack Hussein Kazvani Obama. <laughs> that's right. That's we good. have Alice, we have... Barack Hussein Kazvani Obama, and joining us today, we are very pleased uh, to have Alex Press of uh, Jacobin and also of the Primer podcast about Amazon. Alex, how's it going? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it is a pleasure to have you here uh, talking about uh, the various uh, sort of uh, blights that different uh, councils and companies are inflicting on London, <laughs> on the uh, streetscape of London. Awesome. Um, it was, we, we, we talked about the ore, not the ore, rather, we talked about the mound just um well last week and also just in the now green room uh, where we all are before yeah. we record this yeah that's right that's right the big green room the big where green the joker room. lives yeah however yeah. i have to i i assume something is there is some kind of great happening must be upon us i imagine mm. some ley line has been activated something has happened in the sky it is a time of monsters because you say there's a specter the <laughs> orb has arisen on the same horizontal line as the map. Not notably, not the Saudi oh, Arabian Trump orb. A a second oh. orb has struck <laughs> the, the Trash Future podcast. Yeah, yeah. and this oh, this orb is much bigger. This orb is much less like the Trump orb, and much more like the um uh, uh carousel orb from Logan's Run. Yes, it is. It's yeah. a giant orb uh, that they are putting into uh, Stratford, mm. uh, and it will um. It is to be as tall as Big Yeah, ben. Stratford is getting awesome. orbed, whether it wants it or not. Yeah. yeah. Getting, getting my dick orbed. <laughs> and, I, um, yes. Yeah, we asked, for, we asked Michael York for a quote about this, and he said, You don't have to die, you can live. <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. say, you don't have to build an orb. Yeah. Uh, so basically, it is going to have 36 million LEDs. Huh. Uh, it's going to be, a, and it's going to Just like my asshole. glow bright red all half the time. Just like my asshole. <laughs> we'll have... I know what you're going to do in the next one. <laughs> it's going to be then playing ads half the time. I oh, know my asshole doesn't do that. Yeah. Well, if you it subscribe. annoys people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, a, if you pay $1 a month, you get ad free. We are giving Stratford an RGB backlit gamer keyboard. Mm. So the ads That's will right. display like on the surface of the orb. Yes, on the outside of the orb. Then yeah. they're going to be all fucked up because they're going to be like orb deformed. Like you're going to want, to, you're going to look at like a car ad or something, and the car's going to look fucked up because it's not on a flat surface; it's on an orb. Yeah, well, you know, mm. you're talking about it. You wouldn't drive on an orb. <laughs> the first time I heard about the orb, I the, the first thought I was thinking was, by the time this orb is done, the queen will probably be dead, right? Oh yes, she will be entombed yeah. in the orb. So yes, <laughs> so well, so the orb will have to like memorialize the queen somehow, and the like Queen Elizabeth II memorial orb. 
That's right. Where like they project, they just project a really, they just project like a really distorted version of her face oh, uh, to make her look like a cartoon character, like to make her look like a cartoon character. A memorial. Um, I, that's right. Yeah. Well, there's no way. Also, that uh, a the queen. There, there's no high resolution pic. There's not a picture of the queen right now. There's high resolution enough to display yeah. on the giant orb without looking very pixelated. They should actually have the the orb should be a 3D image of the queen's head, mm. so that she looks like the inflatable autopilot from airplane. Mm. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Just a, a, little, a little more on the orb because <laughs> just, just a uh, clearly little bit more on this yeah. orb that we've been talking about. A little bit about. more on this orb that's appeared, or the orb hasn't yeah. yet appeared. It's not like the mound which has appeared. The orb has merely been, it's, I believe, injected. It's, it's well, it's it's it is in the planning process. It looks like it will go ahead. There's um, a great <laughs> quote in this Guardian article you just sent me about the orb, where one of the residents uh, who's going to be near the orb said, nobody expects a gigantic ball of light to arrive on there. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I can't. I- all, all, I can, all I can say is that's your own fault if you don't like it. There's the door. Move to, move, <laughs> Very few well, people, well, interestingly, anticipates a gigantic hmm. orb. Maybe, maybe, you should, yeah, well, yeah. maybe you should. That's what I'm saying. I expect that on my doorstep every day. And you're continually disappointed. <laughs> right. If you're going to live in London, you have to expect some stupid, monstrous bullshit covered in ads is going yeah. to appear on your front door and it will be illegal for you to do anything this about it. This all has to be filled with balls. Well, make it a play pit. So basically, here's a little. Here's what's actually going in the orb because there's an inside, okay. much like the mound, there's an inside to the orb. Yeah, the pee is stored in the orb. Uh, it is a uh it's going to be a uh, uh it's owned by Madison Square Garden oddly enough so oh. thank you to New York for the orb uh, we're very excited <laughs> to have the or- mm. our own Madison, Madison Square Sphere Garden Madison Sphere it, it, Garden it's recompense for vessel right because an english right. guy did vessel so in return the americans have to give us an orb this is like a cultural yeah. exchange yeah beautiful yeah this is this is this is this is what the these two great uh great cities uh, but centuries of of uh, connection between them have decided that uh, you know their uh, main thing is uh, sort of twee bullshit, uh, yeah. and they're just sort of exchanging it back and forth. Now I can imagine some some dads at a barbecue in like twenty forty having a conversation like, "Yeah, how'd you get in? And, yeah, M eleven and left at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the uh, basically it is a, a venue that's designed for quote next generation immersive experiences. Featuring an infrasound haptic system of vibrating floors. An infra what? Infrasound haptic system. Like like they had on phones for about six minutes until everyone realized it was shit and turned it off. The feeling that it pushes back. They're trying to capture Mm. the energy of when the Millennium Dome was come when it when it was the Millennium Dome. Yeah, should have been an orb. That's right. So well, mm. well, like, so in ten years' time, it's just going to be this weird illuminating orb, and when you go inside, there'll be like various mid-tier chain pizza restaurants. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. All, all that is solid uh, dissolves into ZZs. That's right. All that yeah. is solid yeah. dissolves <laughs> into orb. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but cyborg Prince Andrew will be saying that he can't have been at the cyborg nonsense <laughs> venue because actually he was he no. was having a uh, a a, uh, a uh, one of those futurist style pizzas with nuts and bolts on it at uh, the Pizza Express. Is the a orb. cyborg nonsense orgy an orgy in which the cyborgs are nonces or in which cyborgs are nonced? No, they're recently I built. See. Uh, see, the thing is, like, like the 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 orb. I mean, it's weird, right? Because the orb is something that you would expect in sort of 
in 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 a sign of cyberpunk story, right? It seems like it's sort of from Neuromancer that there would be a big, constantly glowing orb covered in ads. But in Neuromancer, the ads would be for something like I don't know a, a katana that digitally interfaces with you or whatever. That's the kind of thing yeah, that of would course. be. I'd say that you would just buy. Yeah, where, it, but the problem is, is we live in cringe cyberpunk, basically. Oh fuck. Where uh, it's yeah, it's it's advertising instead of advertising a neural interface katana, our giant glowing orb advertises the ball pit bar. Yeah, we we are all uh, yeah. um, like f- fuck. Is it Ryan Reynolds and Blade Runner where he just has the yeah, like mm. pink light projected on him? But what's being advertised mm. to us is like a slightly higher rate of car insurance. Whatever, they're all the same, Ryan. There's only one Ryan. <laughs> No compare so, the giant orb. So uh, the, a little more on the orb. Uh, number one, uh, basically, the, the, the everyone who lives there is going to have just it's going to be like the episode of Seinfeld where uh, they open up the chicken roaster sign and Jerry turns into Kramer uh, because he's driven insane by the red light. Everyone's going to have red light beamed into their house who lives around there 24 hours yeah. a day. And all of the housing that's around there tends to be the quote unquote affordable housing. Yeah, it's going to be like being on a submarine. So if you've paid for the, bit, the expensive housing, then you don't have to... Your chances are you don't face the orb. The, all mm. the cheap housing faces the orb and n- is never going to be <laughs> Dehumanize yourself ever. and face to orb. Yeah, because your windows aren't ad-free if you live in the so, poor area. Yeah, who needs influencer room lights when you have a big orb that will constantly give you uh, nice illuminated rooms for your YouTube videos? Right. Britain 2050. Curtains are illegal. <laughs> the orb cannot be switched off. It can only be dimmed. This is, the, the thing is, this is, a, this is a, obviously a plot uh, by Big Gay, by Globo Homo, to make everyone in Britain have bisexual lighting. Yeah. So they said, Homo globalist. <laughs> it says, uh, We suggested it wasn't an appropriate development for a residential area, said one of the affected residents. Or for any area. <laughs> but the, the, the representative just said, If you don't like noise and crowds, you shouldn't yeah, have moved to so <laughs> as though As though people aren't constantly moved around either by councils or by also, the Madison like, property there's, market there's, anyway. There's just a qualitative by the orb. difference here between noise and crowds and omnipresent orb of light, <laughs> I feel. It's a beautiful British statement that we suggested that this wasn't appropriate. We raised our hand. <laughs> and also just the whole, like, don't like it, there's the door, leave, is like the most British response yeah. to, like, dystopia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, love me wife, love me orb, don't like it, there's the door. <laughs> don't like it, there's the yeah. orb. <laughs> Lo- love me orb love me orb love me orb don't like it there's the orb uh, yeah. Alice says orb madness that's right yeah um, but orb bass uh, so- oh should I just follow the orb in fairness an orb is kind of a big bald head you tried um, to hire a plumber and his whatsapp image is a bald guy holding a miniature orb <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I caught this orb in the river. Do you want it? I use maggots. Anyway, um, my point was, it's very funny that like presumably Newham Council yeah. are saying like Stratford is a hellscape. Why would you move to our borough if you didn't expect it to be hell? And it's like you made it hell when you built the Olympic Park. Yes, yeah, Stratford used to be quite nice. I think. Like I don't know if I'd go that far, but it didn't well. used to be as fucking cursed as it is now. Interestingly, you should mention the Olympics because oh. the sitting Labour MP for the area, Lynn Brown, wrote an article uh, entitled, quote, This monstrous glowing orb makes a mockery of, wait for it, East London's Olympic legacy. 
You can't make a mockery of East London's Olympic legacy. It's fucking shit. It's it's one of the worst parts of London. Everything about it is like it makes Shoreditch look authentic. It's so fucking bad. Like they have like they have like a fake axe throwing bar. Like the real axe throwing bar is bad enough. <laughs> Why do you have an imitation of it run by like fucking Securicore? Like the entire thing is owned by like one guy, and like every shop is like a fucking Potemkin. Like ooh, the neighborhood grocer, but it's staffed by like eight hundred versions of the same guy. It's the worst fucking part of London. I, I hate it. It's designed for people. On graduate schemes. How do you really feel about Stratford? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, uh, before we move on to talking about and the there's st- no fucking parking <laughs> yeah, either. And, and, and another thing. Before we move the on rants, talking about the uh, rants slowly get more and more boomer until the parking occupies a good ninety percent of it. Yeah. So. The uh, one more thing about the orb. I just, I love talking about the orb in <laughs> the mound. Going back to the some orb. credit to the Labour MP for a opposing the, the monstrous glowing orb mm-hmm. and b calling yeah. it, coining the phrase "monstrous glowing orb," which I will be yeah. thinking of for the rest of my <laughs> life. I for one welcome the monstrous glowing <laughs> orb. It. Developing a lasting positive legacy for the Olympic site was a job entrusted to the London Legacy Development Corporation. It failed. Uh-huh. Uh, with the promise that local people really would benefit from the impact of well, the game. Well, they games. never do. The Olympics, the Olympics no. kills cities. This is known. Like, uh, it's mm, very good yeah. reasons to not want the Olympics in your town. Uh, so, for the most part, opportunities that have been created remained out of reach for most local people. Rents and living costs have, riv- have risen rapidly in the area, mm. but they have not been matched by wage increases or accessible new jobs, let alone enough affordable and social no, housing. But there, there, there is like a helter skelter now, and there is like a, a yep. an orb, I guess. Oh. A Helter yeah. Skelter designed by but, fucking Anish Kapoor. Yep, but hey, we got the orb, though. Yeah. We got the orb. You, you, so you can go on a cableway from nowhere to also nowhere and see yeah, nothing. Yeah. Like, this is such a fucking dumb city. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, Al- Alex, final thoughts on the orb. Final thoughts on the orb. Um, you know, I think it seems like a great idea. You know, in New York <laughs> City, we have Times Square and people love it. People love the lights. Um, everyone yeah. wants to live in Times Square. <laughs> Andrew Yang. Yeah, does. people are. People are right. If there's one thing I know about people, it's that we are generally enticed by like beguiling lights. And I think we mm-hmm. should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're moths. Yeah, we should. We should do more stuff to appeal yeah, to our moth I, brains. Look, I, I, I went to Times Square when I went to, like for the first time when I went to New York. Like, yeah, were uh, you beguiled? Um, I, I, I was not as horrified as I expected to be. Like, yes, it was kind of a tourist hellscape. Mm. I can imagine that, like. If you live there, like it's a place that you'd want to avoid. But if you're like someone, part it's like it's not difficult to pass through. I think the orb is worse because like Stratford is already a really fucking difficult place to drive around, to walk around. Like if you live, yeah, like right. like if you live in Stratford, um, I went to go visit a friend of mine who used to live in Stratford, and it took ages to like find his apartment, not because it was far away from the station, but because you had to go all the way around the, the Westfield shopping center and oh, then some to get to like where people live. And the orb is just going to make this mm. even like worse and stranger. So bad. It, you're, no, you're yeah. going to be able to navigate via nothing, the orb. There's nothing <laughs> about the way that Stratford is designed makes any yeah. sense. There's nowhere that you can stop outside of the train station. We're doing traffic chat on the podcast. That's right, we are. We're doing it. I went on a, I went on a date with a girl who was like, can you drop me at Tra- Stratford's train station afterwards? And I was like, I have to say yes, but also like I'm silently panicking about how that's going to work. And I literally, I basically had to push her out of the car. I was like, this is all we can do. I was like, I'm going to go as slow as I can. <laughs> Just tuck and roll. <laughs> 
Suck so, it yeah. all. Uh, having, yeah. having talked about the orb uh, and also having done the necessary amount of traffic talk, yeah. uh, I'd like to bring us on to our startup. We're in the TF helicopter. Uh, it, yes, uh, t- t- Trash Future presents Traffic and Weather Together. Eye in the, the sky, my Edwards. Uh. <laughs> uh, no, so the startup today. It's called Zoom, and the U has an umlaut so over it's, it. It's, it's it not is, called however, Zoom, it's called Zim. Yeah. Oh, it's a nightclub that Riley well, sorry, would go it's, to. It's got, like, what's the accent that's just the straight line? The umlaut's the two dots. Yeah, uh, oh, it's, um, um, yeah. It's got that one. It's Get it you. in Latin. It's so you it's a, so with it's a, a straight so it's line a over zoom. top of it. It's Zoom. <laughs> Yes, so <laughs> the, the it's startup a, it's is a called the Norwegian like, yeah. Skyping well, <laughs> service. I was going to say that it's actually American. Uh, okay. So, Alex, a startup called Zoom. Uh, what do you think it actually does? It is uh, very heavily invested in and very well funded. Um, I'm going to guess something to do with driving and cars. Correct. Ah, yes. That's all I got. <laughs> that's as far okay. as I, my all brain right. had gone. Alice, it's to do with driving in cars. It's called Zoom. Uh, it's American and it's very well funded. Ooh, it's like uh, a variation on Uber or Lyft, except they yep. don't actually yep. stop the car <laughs> at any point. You have to <laughs> dive in through the window and then back out again. The only place you can go is a strap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll say our story, they say on their marketing copy, our story begins with our mission. Bring blank into a new age enabling equality innovation efficiency and sustainability hussein oh you've really trapped me there um especially like considering the guesses um uh come back to me i'm, I'm just thinking okay mm. is it Zoom. um is it, so it's uber for something and it's a transportation uber, but it's bicycles no unicycles um, Uber for like a particular kind is of it, user oh my God, is yes. What? yes milo is correct oh okay it's uber for a particular it is it is an no. It's not a particular mode of transport, which actually is kind of worrying when we realize which kind of user it's for. Is it Uber for stupid guys? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, do you find using regular Uber kind of hard? Why not a version of Uber that's in nice primary colors with large fonts and less buttons? Is it Uber for like electric scooters where you get to like hug the driver? <laughs> think bigger. Think uh, think of a bigger a bigger vehicle. Um, but it is still for people. Okay. Smaller people. What? It, what? Oh, excuse me? What? School buses. School bus! It's, it's, yes, Alex uh, got it. Uber for school buses. Wow. Oh, wow. I got it's genuinely competitive the of- there. That was embarrassing. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm. <laughs> the quiz stream has had a long tail for me. Yeah, Alice, Alice was raising her hand yeah. during that. You can't <laughs> buzzing. see Buzzing. I was buzzing uh, in. So, Zoom... Uh, has proven itself a force to be reckoned with in a market that has a lot of untapped opportunity. It, BMW. Why is it called something as generic as Zoom when we had a, another public service taken over like this with ambulance? Why isn't it called like Schoolbus? <laughs> yeah, uh, look, Schoolbus. We maybe they'll listen to this and they'll rename their shitty startup. So, BMW iVentures managing partner Ulrich Key. Uh, said uh, in the uh-huh. following statement, Ulrich Key, a man who's always offering you a bit of his bag. That's right. What a nice man. Yeah. Its leadership is strong. Would you care for a bump? <laughs> its leadership is strong, <laughs> not only because of their drive yeah. to help working families, but because they themselves have families and understand the need for better school transportation today. So we have offered an end-to-end student transportation solution. Ulrich Key, a man who was walking across the room like John Wayne and stopping every three paces to just like look at his feet and go... <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's 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 he talks comes and talks to you about how the the new Dubfire album is really is really good before realizing 
you, he thinks you're his friend, but mm. he's actually mistaking you for someone else. <laughs> yeah, so I'm in fucking space right so, now. So how, okay. how does the Zeem work? So, mm. well, Alice, thank you for asking. Yeah, we're With setting Zoom, you up for the next trans- bit where you tell us how it works. St- Student transportation mm. has been completely reimagined and delivered as an end-to-end platform experience for all. Mm. So and basically, reimagined can mean worse. Remember that. <laughs> so basically, how, ostensibly what they do yeah. is right is they have they have a bunch of employees who mm. are they've hired on a gig basis, of course, right? right. Given some some flexible. some training to mm. some. Uh, not better than none. Not I think as, we can all agree. Not as much as a school bus driver and gets. I, I want to ask at this point: uh, How much training does a school bus driver get? That's a genuine question. Oh, uh, weeks of classroom learning, uh, a lot of assessment, and then you have to be kept up on refresher I would, courses. I would, it's I would a great have believed, deal. like for instance, more than to be a cop. Basically, right. What it is is they were like, "Hey, why do we need to have school buses as buses? Can't they just be normal cars and vans from around the town?" Oh. I love a guy picking up my yeah, kids Yeah, generally speaking, we've been That's trying cool. to keep children out of vans, uh, but <laughs> it's disruptive, I guess. So, uh, basically, right, what they, what they do is they have this platform, right? Uh, the platform is your, your school district and parents are all able to, like, track where their kid is uh, to and from school and all that. <laughs> like one of those fucking, like, tags in their ear, <laughs> like a cow. Well, I mean, it, it tracks the car, not the child. Um and well, that's your first problem. So it, yeah. So basically, it's like you get an Uber. It uh, comes and picks your kid up. Sometimes they're school buses. Sometimes it's a car. A kid's gonna uh, be able so to like fucking so rate their drivers. <laughs> I'm sure someone can. Awesome. Um, and this start. They basically all of these companies. What they're obvi- what they try to do right is they're trying to take over a public service. And in this case, it's a public service that was already privatized. So mostly this happening in California, where school most school districts had a contract with a company called First Direct. For student transport, which as um, yeah, the British bank first direct. And uh, essentially, uh, Zoom says, hey, hang on a second. You have lots of they, they again, first direct mm-hmm. private company, but things like heavily regulated, heavily unionized, things of that nature. Zoom comes in as the thin end of the wedge and says, hey, we've noticed that first direct is not able to say transport students with special needs. They're not able to make unpopular routes. So like, like out to farms mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, so why don't we yeah. just take your over problem, the special stuff you can't do? The, yeah. You have a profit motive in your school bus, and the solution yeah. is yeah. to allow us to do more profit motive to it. Yeah. What if we had a profit motive with a tablet computer? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Zoom t- basically started by taking over responsibility for transporting special needs students uh, in Oakland after schools sort of started reopening. Um, Oakland then, but then well, Zoom doesn't sound predatory at all. Cut the number of school yeah. buses by twenty nine percent. Some kind instead. of like doctrine is happening here. Um, <laughs> in, in, instead, relying on a mix of quote buses, vans, and cars <laughs> for efficiency. <laughs> so you just put your kid in whatever shows up. Drivers get real time routes updates on the Zoom app, plus personalized information every student's needs, the ability to report and resolve issues at any time. Parents and school officials also get real time visibility of the student status on a dashboard. So it's like, hey, we've got this sort of, there's no one bus route anymore. There's like a fluid web of cars that are kind of just driving around mm. the city libertarianly picking up kids and dropping them off at schools. Oh, no, don't say libertarianly. And this is like the Domino's pizza tracker. Like you can watch your kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your, your kid exactly. is getting quality controlled by like <laughs> yeah. Baz the expediter. Yeah. Why is my kid on bake? <laughs> <laughs> Zoom also is very proud of itself that all of its drivers are 
are now full time, though it doesn't specify if they're employees or contractors. But they are. It doesn't full-time. specify that they can drive, but they are full time. <laughs> well, I mean, again, by school bus standards, it barely specifies they can drive. Yeah, we look. We apply a rigorous standard if all our drivers are trying their best. <laughs> okay, and if that's not good enough for you, then so you know maybe isn't, isn't part of the point of having a school bus or a school mm. bus? Yes, that it's a, yeah. a a big distinctive vehicle that is like. Safer, both in like mm. car accidents and also when kids are getting into and out of it. Like it has this like stop signs and stuff. Yeah, but Alice, how valuable is the safety how of your child? Yeah, how, how valuable yeah. is the life of a how, child uh, um, compared to this fancy app? That's a great question. Mm. Yeah. And not being a parent myself, I'm not sure if I can like properly weight like yeah. life of child versus life of app, but um. I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the idea of having the the big yellow bus. Is the thing. I'm a traditionalist like that. Sorry, it's going to be a mix of whatever's around. Now, here's uh, mm. Alex as primarily a labor huh. journalist. I want to know if you can understand, if you can sort of pick out why Zoom offers such good mm. cost savings to school districts who are worried about their budgets. Why? Well, I have to assume it's because yeah. these are independent contractors, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, they are also explicitly not able to unionize, whereas unionization is very, very, very dense in the school bus driving uh, industries in California. Right. Hmm. So, so it's just it's union lo- busting. Yeah, it looks like an app. It, it sounds like a tech company. It has a website that looks like a tech company. But in fact, it's just a Pinkerton uh, who's got himself an iPad app. It's That's very Kramer business idea. Here's the thing about strike breakers, right? They used to just do the same job. Like, you got a bunch of the worst people on Earth, and you put them in the coal mine that the principled people were picketing, right? In this case, right, they didn't have to, like, bring their own pickaxes, and it was whatever fucking pickaxe they had on hand. Yeah, one guy's just got a spoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They've made yeah. the thing qualitatively weirder and worse by strike breaking it like this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, this is so Kramer. This is like school buses, Jerry. They make sure the drivers are all unionized, but you you know what you replace them with? Pedophiles. You can't unionize <laughs> pedophiles, Jerry. It's not allowed. The more you do an impression of Kramer, the higher your hair gets. Yeah, you know, so right. I also I get uh, uh-huh. Alex, so what's your impression of this of this firm sort of so far? As a sort of a Pinkerton disguised as a I mean, tech I company. I mean, I can see why you said it's well invested in. I mean, this is the Uber mm. and Lyft model, right? Labor arbitrage is a growing, uh, it's a growth industry. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So, basically, right, uh, they, they've now vo- they now have voted uh, in San Francisco to expand this to the point where they've now awarded the entire $150 million contract for all school transportation in San Francisco to Zoom. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, of course it would be in San Francisco, yeah. the dumbest city on earth. And I say that as someone who lives in London. Like, I'm not being high-handed here. That's right. <laughs> well, like the thing is, San Francisco, San Francisco school district had to make savings like this because they'd already uh, like used up a vast amount of their budget trying to like crush their own teachers and also refusing to rename any of their own schools. That's right. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I'm at N word high. <laughs> 
Basically, so, I mean, the, I think the, there was some huge controversy about exactly what they were going to rename schools to in San Francisco specifically, and the answer was essentially just eh, whatever we feel like. Yeah, don't I, worry I about. Diane Feinstein just renamed them all the Confederate flag. Yeah, Diane Feinstein uh, has renamed them all to saying the word high school. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought she renamed them all to uh, Diane. Please remember to name this school. <laughs> uh, so, um, so basically, right? They they are saving uh, several million dollars a year mm. because in San Francisco, what they've done is they've gotten they've taken all of the existing school bus drivers and then fired them all and then just reabsorbed them through the app. So they've basically mm. just done fire and rehire on all of the school bus drivers in San Francisco. But again, it's because it's got a tech just company wrapper around it for your own job. But uh, so yeah. question one: Do you own a van? Yeah. Mm. Well, they are. They're actually even now using uh, school buses. So all this company has done basically is break the union. That's literally what it's done. It's broken the union and it has added some like root mapping. Uh, now for the job, you're going to need to provide your own flumps. <laughs> How many flumps do you have? Uh, so they say they and that, but then they've said, oh, but we're going to electrify all the buses. So it's actually a green initiative. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to, I mean, that's perfect California. Yeah, seats. That is perfect California Democrat mindset. Yeah, that is perfect is, greenwashing. Yeah. Yes. And, and instead of a big yellow bus, now it's going to be a big green bus. You're welcome. Yeah, that's right. I, it, it's, that's very good. And again, saying, oh, these are all salaried employees. But again, none of them are unionized. Mm. Uh, mm. So they, this is last last couple of things about Zoom. Zoom. Um, this is from uh, Megan mm. Adams, who is from the San Francisco School Bus Drivers Local Union. So our members have seen drivers for these uh, other companies leave children in the car and get out of it and cross the road by the, cross the road by themselves, and these are things that we would lose our jobs over. There's a lot of expectations that are put on us that are to ensure that children are safe, and we think that the same thing should be applied to other workers who are transporting children. And so it's I think it's one of these things, right, where when you try to do labor arbitrage, you, if you're so obsessed with making sure that you don't deal with a union, you arbitrage away a lot of other good stuff as well. Hmm. You know, you, you end up with um, everyone like, uh, ends up with alive children. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. You are uh, arbitrage away my kid not being run over by a van. But that kid could have grown up to join a union. Yeah, that's right, so, the yeah. ultimate union. <laughs> thing. All those union guys are former kids. That's what they don't tell you on the, <laughs> yeah. on the fake news yeah, media. They're all they're, they're all interested. Look, if they say they want the kids to be safer, like look into their past. They were probably kids. Former, at some point. former yeah, child. Former child. Can't yeah. trust them. That's, right. uh, that's just brass eye. Cozy uh, past with children. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so there. I mean, look, we. It, it's also like when you starve public services of funds, right? You effectively force them to believe to be good and efficient. Well, you force them to believe in nonsensical moonshots like this. Like, oh, we can replace your expensive fleet of school buses with unionized drivers with people from the town driving cars, mm. um, because they basically yeah, have the been worm with the hat from Richard put, Scarry's, uh They've been put into a position where. They basically almost are obligated to accept someone who's offering them a magic beans yeah, style I mean, solution. Once you get into problem. like stuff with like uh, local school boards, in some cases they may literally be obligated to do it, not just financially, uh, mm. which is fucking great. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and I love education policy, and I love thinking about education policy and how it's going to create a very normal couple of generations of kids. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, so these these circles. That you attempt to square them with magic, the magic never works, and then you end up either paying a lot of public money to clean up a mess that was left by one of these firms. You've lost all your unionized drivers. You've lost all of your standards, uh, and it ultimately, like what's happened is that 
the guys who run it, I think the, the person who runs it is a former product manager at eBay because all of these fucking mm. people are. Of course. Um, is it, it, what you end up with is you end up with a thing that is broken and someone who has massively profited off of breaking it. But you had to step into what you kind of knew was a trap because you couldn't go anywhere else. But it's exactly the same as like all corporate raider shit. It's exactly the same as, uh, you know, various sort of like forced and leveraged buyouts of companies back in the day. It's, it's not new. It's just mm. we've now devolved to applying it to uh, children, which is great. Again, yep. I cannot stress mm. enough. This is good. This is positive. This <laughs> is a good thing. And you should feel good about it. I mean, it's incredible to see the problem of like, oh, the buses don't have enough resources to go to rural areas or pick up or deal with children with disabilities. Mm. And so it's more realistic to imagine, like, what if we just created an app that tracked children into vans rather than, like, maybe we should have some more school buses so that they can go to mm. the rural areas. But you can't get <laughs> yeah, more I funding, mean, it's when- so it is more realistic. It- Look, on the one hand, it, it's, on the one hand, it's a problem that, you know, there isn't enough investment into mm. school buses. But on the other... Um, the kids can like choose what they play on the uh, on the on the orcs. So you know, so re- re- <laughs> really, it's like a win-win. You can't really say that. You know, it's, I love it's, when my it's, my school bus driver has a bunch of like little bottles of water on the back <laughs> of the front seat. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah, I, 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 I love, love what yeah, my school bus driver always used to say five for five, uh, five for five. <laughs> yeah, you go on the school bus and the guy like offers you a spray of Paco Rabanne one million and then charges you a dollar. <laughs> Wait, is it? We've moved well beyond Uber driver territory. <laughs> Wait, does your Uber driver not do that? Wait, was I not in an Uber? <laughs> Wait, wait, should I not have let that guy give me a rectal exam? <laughs> you were talking to Ulrich Key, remember? Yeah, you're in uh, you're an Uber van. Uh, so, I mean, like it's it's also something like where we've decided that sort of actually solving the problem by solving it is sort of a political third rail. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means that, yeah, we you have to do a bunch of shit that won't work, and that's very easy for people to scam you, to, to just run mm. obvious uh, uh, grifts on you. Yep. And very easy to bust unions, because you're like, well, look, this union says they want to do all of this stuff that will work, and we're committed to magical bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Um, this MFE in yeah. magic beans. But I think it goes back down, and this sort of also is what you talk about on Primer as well, is like, there, kind of there's almost no such thing as a tech company right like these companies are they're odd entities right they're they're sort of um almost like a cup and ball uh not cup and ball like a like a three cup card monty. Ball torture from <laughs> so wikipedia they're they're a th- bit of a three card monty right uh-huh yeah no i mean that's right is mostly it's it relies on amnesia and sort of this narrowing of the sets of possibilities is you take a problem that mm. actually could be fixed in ways that have historically you know, been done before and you say actually there is no history there's only the present don't turn around and then you say okay how can mm. we fix these holes right and so i mean that is yeah. and it's funny talking about this i mean amazon like sort of famously there's been g- good reporting over the past couple of years about the drivers basically having who are mm. of course not direct amazon employees because amazon uses third parties um to keep away um the pesky mm. thing called um labor law requirements um but like Mm. the drivers will get training on their phone that's like a 10 minute video and that's their training and then we wonder why there are all these accidents so this does sound very (laughs) familiar fun sort of like amazon house style uh line art of do not nonce the child (laughs) right and then you click okay 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, Got it. It's the it's it's what I, you can call right the sort of ongoing Potemkin Potemkinification of more or Man, less that's everything. That's just a difficult word. Yeah, that's oh, not yeah, going to catch on too hard. You, you don't no. you don't want to coin that on an audio medium. I'll tell you it. that. I'm not coining. Mm. No one's coining here. But it is. It's in, if you think like who's coining? There. This isn't really training. It's something that sort of looks like training if you're sort of not looking at it's, it very closely. It's, it's trainish. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is because the more more important things become box tickery, and less important things sort of mushroom in sort of the non-great um, school with him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and so the and so box just like tickery, uh, yeah, he's he's half Luxembourgish. <laughs> I think he works at that his dad's investment fund now. Yeah, yeah with right. a word key. <laughs> Everett Twonko. Yeah, so I think like sort of moving on, I think to our to talking about Amazon, and the thing is, we've talked about Amazon recently, but if you're interested in in work and labor, like mm. you basically should be talking about Amazon all the time. I yeah, think it's, it's like, the work company. It is the business yeah. factory, right? Yes. So mm. I think one of the good questions I think it's useful to ask when we talk about Amazon, we asked it when we um, spoke with Jason and Ed from This Machine Kills a couple months ago about the same topic. It's what makes it so good? Well, yeah. Well, why is it so great? <laughs> uh, but no. Is is what is what is Amazon? What, yeah. yeah. What what is what is a perfect Sunday at Amazon? <laughs> <laughs> We're living it every week, guys. That's the thing. Um, mm. Every day is Sunday. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, the work factory is a good way of thinking about it in that Amazon sort of is playing this dominant role in reshaping what work looks like, right? Which is why, mm -hmm. like, I'm a labor writer. I didn't particularly have any interest in Amazon years ago. You know, it's just one company among others. But as you're writing about all sorts of companies, Amazon keeps coming mm -hmm. up because it sort of pioneers new modes of surveillance and sort of norms that then leak out into other industries. And so in a sense, it ends up reshaping even, you know, if, even if you don't work at Amazon or know anyone who works at Amazon, mm -hmm. it sort of plays this vanguard role for capital, right? And like, what can they get away with? And then everyone mm -hmm. in boardrooms like watches. Like Ford. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, Jathan yeah. actually, when he was on my show, was sort of making the case of like, this is, you know, the Fordist era. It is the Amazon kind of era. Um, I think there's a good case to be made for that because, again, like you could try to avoid Amazon, but it just creeps back in to you, you're talking yeah, to a yeah. worker and all of a sudden you realize that these practices that they're dealing with actually were pioneered in the warehouses at Amazon. And, mm. and you say we could talk about how it creeps back in in working practices, but also in more bits of the industry, because you can ask yourself, well, what does Amazon want? And I kind of hazard a guess here, just looking at two recent news items about them, just two from this week. Mm. Uh, there was reporting in the FT that Amazon is now handling, um, if not the majority, then say significant minority of all of the logistics for companies like Walmart. So even beyond AWS, they're now handling warehousing and logistics for Walmart, oh, which is supposed to be the biggest competitor. They read Walmart too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and so even in their in their shareholders letter, or in their shareholders, excuse me, not the shareholders letter, in their um, annual uh, report, where they try to basically avoid being looked at as a monopoly, they say, oh, we're being competed with by Walmart, but they're providing core services to all of their competitors. Mm. And the second news item that I yeah, saw this they're, week... they're in the spirit of friendly competition. That's they're right. good sportsmen over at Amazon. <clears throat> yeah, it's like when a runner helps another runner up. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, they are trying to purchase everyone's palm prints for ten dollars. Well, that's a king's ransom. Okay, where do I sign? <laughs> um, ten dollars for this ten, stupid palm print I'm, that I never I'm use. Sorry, ten dollars American. Yeah, you ten American dollars. <laughs> it's like seven pounds. Yeah, banana. First of all, uh, so but that's so that you can use your palm print to enter and pay 
in uh, Amazon physical stores. Oh, I won't be paying. They're paying me. With that, I'm living off of the. I'm living off of the return on that for the rest of my life. You know. <laughs> you invest that ten dollars, you're set. So, but um, and when I say what do they want, it's you know, uh, when I if I'm to guess, I would say what do they want? It's uh, everything. Yeah, the whole thing. They want. 100%. Yes, they want all of it. It's beautiful. It's really self-actualization. Mm-hmm. Simple, <laughs> They're not choosing. I yeah. mean, what they yeah. want, the, the two things you're talking about are being the middleman, right? I mean, we are, mm-hmm. that is the most profitable thing. You know, the idea you sell the, the coal miners, the shovels, right? And that's what Amazon is trying to do all the time. It wants to be infrastructure. It wants to mediate every activity in your life. And so when people sort of look at the disparate markets that Amazon's trying to get into, whether it's like healthcare or, you know, this palm print and things like that, mm. whether it's the facial recognition technology, it's just about like, how many markets can we get to? You know, where can we go? And then we're going to run out yeah. of space and don't worry, we're already going to other planets. Um, so it, They're trying to become the evil corporation from a 90s video game. Right, exactly. Yeah, uh, the one of, corporation that runs everything. Yeah, Shinra. Better yeah. life awaits you on the off-world colonies. Yeah, exactly. Like this is basically Amazon's Amazon's policy of what industries they'll enter is if you only buy one Garth Marenghi book, buy this one, which is all of them. <laughs> and so I wanted to th- so I want to think like what it is and what it's doing, but also sort of where the movement is around yeah, you, Amazon. You're doing it, like, like seeing like you're seeing yeah. like a state, but the state is Amazon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, effectively. Uh what Soviet is Soviet Union but shit expensive, baby? What is what is they what are they what are they doing sort of physically? Where are they pushing physically? Um It's so funny that it's like it's like you're talking about like alien invaders, right? Like they've landed these fulfillment centers uh which <laughs> process vast numbers of our people and we're just like, well what what do they want? <laughs> I mean that's kind of fitting because something yeah. that's incredibly funny about Jeff Bezos, um well, there mm. are many things, but I cowboy uh, hat. The- <laughs> the way he talks big, bold is like an alien. Like mm. if you ever read his like statements, his letters to shareholders, or even sometimes when he gives interviews, he always specifies that he's talking about Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we want to be Earth's best employer. We want to be Earth's best company, which is meant to sort of specify, like signal his extraterrestrial interests or whatever. But in fact, just makes him sound fully like an alien who has mm. just landed on Earth. I think that that like John Teeter guy was onto something. Um, so, uh, but I want to start like number one, uh, I think the most important, the most important labor story around Amazon right now, I think is that for $10, you can get an Alexa linked soap dispenser that will play a little song while you wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You uh-huh. actually can do that. No, I, I think it's that. Can I choose the little song? Uh, I think it's that. Yeah. It's uh, Johannes Vonk. Uh, it's that, no, it's that the, uh, where the union election, uh, or the, the vote to unionize in the Bessemer warehouse uh, looks like it will probably be rerun, which is mm-hmm. insane uh, because usually, as I understand it, wasn't even close. The National Labor Relations Board exists kind of as a uh, does not exist to facilitate unions starting, let's say. Right. Well, nothing in the United States facilitates that. <laughs> That's codified into law. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the weird thing about that union election in Bessemer was that Amazon actually broke the law, uh-huh. um, you know, like with and we don't have to go into it. But basically, the short well, thing that the, NL- <laughs> the NLRB found that they had installed this mailbox. Um, and really, it, it is kind of scandalous in that Amazon very explicitly demanded the USPS install it fitting to their wishes. Right. USPS tried to install a normal mailbox and Amazon emailed them like, no, this isn't 
this isn't the kind of thing we want. Can you redesign this? Not evil enough. Right. And so like the NLRB officer's recommendation, the report they wrote said Amazon unilaterally decided this. It usurped the NLRB's authority. It completely just directed the conditions, right? Mm-hmm. It set up this mailbox up under all these surveillance cameras outside of the warehouse. And that was because they wanted to have an in-person vote because that usually helps employers in in union elections. And the NLRB rightly said no because the county had huge COVID rates. And they said that's dangerous. And so Amazon then just went around and sort of hit up the postal service and said, remember how we're your biggest customer anyway so if you can just Mm. put this mailbox here Mm -hmm. um we'll surveil it and so that's that's what they you know and it's interesting because amazon really didn't need to do that because there's so many there's so many things that employers can legally do to bust unions and amazon was doing all of that right and so Mm. it was just i kind of have it in the notes as the new england patriots school of cheating (laughs) which is to cheat on principle even when you're winning outrageously (laughs) Right. That's a good theory. I like that. Um, I mean, that's the thing is like Amazon just couldn't stop itself, which is so true all the time about Amazon. You know, I sort of like they can't accept limits. And I always use the example of Prime Day, which is their made up holiday that they started in 2015. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. We all celebrate differently. Um, But so it's one day. It's in the name that it's a day. Um, and yet by two years later, by 2017, it was 30 hours and now it's 48 hours. And so it's like Amazon just can't. It's the kid that can't stop going back to the cookie jar. And yeah. so that's that's what they did with the mailbox. They're mm-hmm. like, we know we're going to win, but let's just make yeah. sure that that's going to happen. Every um, fourth year is a prime year. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so interesting. <laughs> it's, I think it's, it's interesting because it's like, it is just, it is almost sort of capital doing what it's always tried to do ever since the completion of the spinning, Jenny, which is just that. Re- never have finished that fucking Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to break the Jenny. Yeah, um, I'll fix it. Um, but which which is that sort of um, relentless pushing and growth and and, and just on, on a matter of principle to never stop. It's like um, if we're going to further with uh, metaphors, mm. uh, I think you can talk. It's it's Tetsuo in the last twenty minutes of Akira. You know, just this uh, giant, <laughs> disgusting uh, uh, monster that just can't stop sprouting new limbs, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of why Amazon is useful for someone who's like a dogmatic Marxist like myself. So I'm like, see, it's mm. doing exactly <laughs> exactly what we said it was going to do. It really is. Mm. You know, like other companies get tempered by various, whether it's like legal constraints or worker power or just like a lack of confidence. But Bezos is very clear. I mean, the cowboy hat, he always says he wants mm. cowboys. That's what he tells his executives. He says like, go forth and prosper and, uh, you know, break any... Classic any- cowboy saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> so, I mean, and, and, but now that the, the union is sort of being... The union election is, again, it's not guaranteed to be rerun. It looks like it's probably going to be. Amazon's going to challenge it up and down, the courts and so on. But apparently the... Um, there are there are more sort of uh, uh, sort of solidarity drives being run at the same time. Most importantly, most importantly, is the one union that I think right now can actually threaten a lot of what Amazon does, which is the yeah, America's yeah, only the union. coolest union in America. We can thank them for JFK, Las Vegas, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, long lunches. When you when you say thank them for JFK, do you mean on the way in or out? Whichever. <laughs> no, it's uh, the Teamsters. 
uh, the Teamsters Union, uh, uh, Jimmy Hoffa's uh, Jimmy Hoffa's Bastards, mm. uh, where <laughs> they are basically going to uh, supply all resources necessary to organize workers at Amazon and have in the past used their ability to just stop driving shit around mm. uh, to sh- to um, extract concessions from other Amazon locations. And I think San Diego was the most recent one. So it's mm. I, I'm I'm allowing myself to be quietly hopeful. Nice shit you've got here. It'd be a shame if someone would have stopped driving it around. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, what's nice children you've got here? It would be what's, a shame if. <laughs> what's 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 your what's your 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 view on the um on the Teamsters getting involved? Yeah, I mean, I love this that like Amazon is a tech company and presents itself as like mm. this innovative thing, and the Teamsters are here to remind you that like actually, if the guy in the truck just doesn't drive the truck. Like the whole thing doesn't work anymore. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. right. There is a material economy going <laughs> on here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great news in that like people in the warehouses for years were sort of resentful of unions for not being willing to take on Amazon because unions, you know, I think totally understandably um, were like, we could never win this fight. Yeah. Um, and so the Teamsters finally are, are jumping into it. Um, and like the devil's in the details as far as what that actually looks like. You know, the Teamsters have a um, a mixed history yeah. about <laughs> democracy, for instance, um, among workers. And so, but, you know, I've spoken to people who are sort of like rank and file militant Teamsters who, you know, have no particular love for their leadership, but are going through the trainings and they seem very hopeful. You know, they're like, they're taking it seriously. They are giving resources. We are being moved, you know, to organize Amazon workers in a way that seems long term and thoughtful. Um, And so in that sense, (laughs) yeah, I mean, like Teamsters represent people in the industry and they also see it as an existential threat to their own membership. You know, like they represent. Which it is because, as you say, having the realization that there's a guy in a truck who can stop working is the greatest possible impetus for uh, a guyless truck. Mm. Oh, no. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Or or a, a. or just like if you can, if they can break that, if they can try to break that union, then all of a sudden their truck drive, they're trying to make their local deliver. Oh, they have made their local deliveries like these independent contractors and stuff. I'm sure they'd love to do that with the Teamsters as well. I think the, the, the point is, you know, that the teams, perhaps they've realized this is going to come for us at some point. And yeah. at some point we won't be able to resist it. Because I mean, if you want to talk about Amazon coming for you, there is almost, and I think again, you you've talked about this on Primer. There's sort of no better way to think about it than Amazon coming for your town, mm-hmm. right? Which happens right. all the time, right? And I would just add that it's already coming for the Teamsters in that you know UPS is the largest private contract in the mm-hmm. country right now. It's I forget mm-hmm. the numbers, but it's it's hundreds of thousands of people are covered under that contract, which is Teamster. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Teamster represented, and UPS drivers have seen already like their conditions get way worse, productivity expectations go way higher. And so for them, like, it's not actually a boundary between working for Amazon or driving as a for a company that is employed by Amazon and being like a unionized truck driver elsewhere. It's one of these things where as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, you sort of start effectively working for Amazon in more and more and more industries. And that method of managing workers, unless you're like one of the cowboys in one of the most favored cities in New York or Washington or uh, Seattle, then your wor- your conditions are going to get worse and mm. your your pay is going to get worse your conditions are going to get worse and that's simply there's very little you can do about it except for all the stuff we talked about yeah, <laughs> yeah except for all the stuff mm. they are desperately trying to stop you yeah. from there's a good sign that you should be doing it yeah indeed um well what will right. amazon come for next is the international space station safe <laughs> um, it's never safe. It's never safe. Uh, I mean, we can talk with Blue Origin. It really, yeah, I don't. I mean, the, the space, the specific things he wants to do in space. We can talk about that another time. Mm. Um, but we, you, like, we. 
the we've one talked. thing we didn't want to happen. <laughs> we've talked about Amazon. <laughs> what essentially is trying to do is turn the world into a big factory in which it has divided the labor geographically, mm. right? So it tries to turn um, the U.S. into a big factory with divisions of labor between warehouse towns, data center towns, the mm. HQ centers. And it is essentially, like we said earlier, seeing like a state. And it's not just seeing like a state in terms of having state-like ambitions. Mm. It also wants to provide the services that a state usually provides the way it likes to provide them. So this is uh, from an article that you've written in Jackman, Alex, um, about uh, uh, sort of uh, Amazon going into a school in California's Inland Empire. Uh, K. John High School, a public school in San Bernardino. Alex, I really hope you've read this article that you wrote because you're really going to be tested on it now. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad I was given a heads up that this was my own writing because it's totally possible. I've been like, wow, yes, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this bitch knows what she's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she should get a promotion in my opinion. <laughs> she should be a head Jacobin. <laughs> so, um, and this is the, and basically... Uh, the public high school in San Bernardino, most of the uh, family mem- most of the kids have family members who are employed at Amazon, and they can take classes at the Amazon Logistics and Business Management Pathways career track. This is, uh, you're quoting this in the article, a dozen students sit clustered at work tables inside a classroom, which was designed to emulate the inside of an Amazon facility at a public school. On one's wall, Amazon's logo grinned across a re- yellow and green banner with the words customer obsession and deliver results. On a whiteboard, a teacher had written the words logistics final project and the lesson of the day was Amazon's quote leadership principles. Each teenager wore a company golf shirt emblazoned with the Amazon logo. Je oh, devenir so... le joker. This I'm is... fucking I'm This is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I would I I would love to I would love to send my kid on the weird um in the weird van to go to school and learn how to be learn how to be an Amazon customer uh, customer service person. <laughs> right. I mean, this is the thing. Is like I think a lot of people think this is the future, this dystopian future, but it's it's already happening. And yeah. in fact, Bezos mm. is like a big sci-fi fan. He thinks this rocks. He thinks this is utopia. Well, look, there are two options, right? Either either all the schools get taken over by Marxist critical race theory or um, they become uh, conduit Amazon training centers. Mm. Uh, which way which which way western man? Well, yeah. yeah, the thing that genuinely worries me about Amazon seeing like a state, if you like, or trying to do the things that a state does, is that uh, I think you can get to a point relatively quickly where uh, otherwise reasonable people will go, well, at least someone's doing it, because mm. our nominal state very much is not. So they have just replaced the school bus with a van. Yeah. Who else will build the orb? It's also like a good example of what we spoke about. I don't know when we spoke about it, but it must have been like a couple of months ago when really the question was like, what are schools and what is like education supposed to be? Mm. Um, and what is it supposed to do? And like our kind of like general conclusion being that education isn't there to like serve any real kind of like public good or to kind of serve any kind of creative purpose. It's there so that it can train people to take up like the very limited number of very limiting jobs available. What might call it social reproduction? To- that's right, and then, and it and it and it may and it and you know those jobs may uh basically like have some form of Amazon association, whether direct or indirect, from it. Mm. And this is just like a very direct and very obtuse way of doing like mm. doing what is essentially just like a global trend anyway. Yeah, uh, it's the um well yeah. we have it's the the um uh, 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 uh Oscar Mayer Wiener provides the uh, uh, uh periodic table, and you have to know the atomic weight of bolonium. 
Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, it's this is this is this is a it is a it, once again we talk about sort of these things as Potemkin or parody. Mm. It's essentially a parody of a school, like where you go to learn uh, Amazon's leadership principles. As, you're going to learn marketing, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to learn marketing as though it's real, um, and and not sort of you're you're going to learn it all at face value on its own terms, essentially. And again, like yeah, as as you say, Alice, uh, state's not doing it. <laughs> and uh, Amazon certainly does see like a state has state like ambitions. States not only neglecting it, but increasingly seems actively hostile yeah. to it. Yeah, um, of Amazon Juche. But you can also look beyond uh, somewhere like beyond America, right? You can think about well, Amazon sees not just the, uh, individual states like this, but uh, the entire world, right? Where it has a sort of global division of labor. So, and again, so I, I we talk, we hear like Amazon workers in uh, Poland. <laughs> frequently are like guinea pigs for its uh, insane plans that it then unleashes upon the world, right? Yeah, which is a, a thing that no one has ever tried before, is using Poland as a testbed <laughs> for your global empire. No, absolutely um, not. No one's ever done any <laughs> fucked up experiments in Poland, as far yeah. as I know. Uh, so, yeah. what? <laughs> and for the same reasons! That it's like, it's centrally located, it has good transport links, and it's poor enough to kick around. Like, that's basically all there is to it. Right. I mean, so you're referencing like I did a recent episode where I interviewed workers in Poland at Amazon, at Amazon warehouse who have been there for a long time. One of them had gotten the job when they opened the first warehouse in Poland in 2014. And yeah, I mean, they're very clear about and Amazon was pretty clear at the time, too, that there was an uptick in militancy among Amazon's German warehouse workers who, you know, are well organized and were starting to go on strike. And so Amazon said, okay, like we'll go to Poland, which is nearby, and we'll just service German customers through our Polish warehouses so we can reroute these goods across, you know, so we can avoid the workers having any leverage. And the Polish workers are like, we have lower unionization rates here. We have lower wages. I love the wages. EU. It's so fucking progressive <laughs> is the thing. Right. And so they're, they're kicked around. I mean, in the interview, they talk about how they basically sort garbage, like discarded and returned goods are sent to Poland and the workers are just... Incredibly, I mean, even for Amazon workers who all report feeling dehumanized, they're like, we're being treated as a like a social dumping ground by Amazon, um, and it's very useful and profitable for them. Yeah, it's a, it's why I think you can think it doesn't even see like a state; it sees like an empire, really. Right. Yeah, I mean, Amazon's to go back to the United States. Amazon's interactions with the state, I think, are really like illustrative about how things work, right? So, I recently, I guess, the episode this week for the show was an interview with Alec McGillis, who wrote a book, mm -hmm. Fulfillment. Um, or, yeah, we did this interview a couple weeks ago. Um, and his book, I think, even in the U.S. context, just sort of goes through what this actually looks like. Amazon's sort of operating as this, like, kingmaker in this empire. You know, he has this scene where he Amazon wants to build warehouses in Ohio, which mm -hmm. it had avoided for a while because it didn't want to pay sales taxes there. Um, and so the way this plays out, the way Amazon actually interacts with the state is they go to, in this case, Jobs Ohio, which is a private nonprofit that mm. um, then-Governor Kasich had created to oversee tax incentive negotiations. And every month, a board called the Ohio Tax Credit Authority approves the incentives negotiated by Jobs Ohio. And basically how this meeting works is Alec explains, you know, that it's, there's, it's putatively a public meeting, but you can't find out where it is and you have to get through all these security checkpoints. And the agenda is sent out on Friday afternoon for the Monday morning meeting. 
and then you get oh, you finally get yeah. to the they're meeting. Doing, they're doing fucking Russian voucher privatization shit. Oh, you want to come to the Amazon tax credit meeting? Oh well, try getting around this burning wall of tires we've put up, and also we've bombed the local airport. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's literally pretty much what it is, right? So Mm. he, like, explains that the people get in front of the board and they explain the proposal, right? And there's comical recusals because they've all worked for Amazon before. So some of the people on the board have to sit out because they are actually, like, direct employees of Amazon or previously Mm. were. And they the company, Amazon, had said it would give 2,000 full-time jobs in exchange it wants $17 million tax credit plus, like, a I think, $2 million cash grant. And the board, you know, has a 15 minute conversation about it. Then they approve it for zero. Right. Mm. And it takes less than the time it takes to eat lunch. Yeah. And that is mm. how the economy works. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People make up all these complications, but it's actually just some guys in this room in Ohio mm. being like, how much money should we give Jeff Bezos? And they're like, well, he's my direct employer, but I say $20 million. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I say $25 million. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's the Atlantic City Gambling Board, circa like 1973. <laughs> it's I also right. Like I think you can you can think about like we say law on this on this podcast all the time. But what is a tech company? What is a tech company? What does it do? Uh, it's a company that says it's, it's a yeah, tech company, company that goes on the computer. But it's it's really <laughs> what it actually is in reality. What a tech company is is it is a big app that conceals these kinds of sort of rigged meetings uh, that conceals this. Um, Sort of just uh, union busting. It's the same thing that been, that's been happening in like the whole time. So w- what you're saying is that the mafia is a tech company, <laughs> more or less. Yeah. Uh, this, hey, this, this tech company of ours. Tone, they got this uh, thing called cryptocurrency now. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> supposed to be pushing Dogecoin. <laughs> uh, also, but also like they, they, a company like this has a social license to operate, right? And it's because they always present themselves as inventing the future, you know. Um, and what I found very interesting yeah, is well, that was never the future before these guys started inventing it. <laughs> no. What I see about very interesting about this time now as well is just like all of the rideshare companies that like you know destroyed the taxi industry, like promised they were go- or Tesla promised they were going to do full self-driving cars. Like mm. any minute now, guys, it's go. Oh boy, it's by this afternoon probably. Maybe check tomorrow. Right before just you know shuttering off and selling off all these you know dogs that were losing the money would never work. Like Amazon dog. has now done the same thing with its drone division, right? Where yeah, the guy was. <laughs> and that isn't just how they refer to their employees. No. So their their <laughs> Amazon Air Prime Air was supposed to be a thing where you could be like, I'd like you know a a, a, a whiz bang. I'd like yeah. a whiz bang. I'd like it now. Oh, and it'll go whiz and bang, all right, if it's and, delivered by drone. And the idea was a drone, as in the UK, decided to make itself like the regulatory test bed for this of by allowing all of it. Yeah, uh, a drone would come and like grab your th- grab the thing, grab your you know um uh, 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 magoo. Uh, it would then fly it and land Just on your lawn. Whole plate of flingamagoo. Yeah, it would land on your lawn <laughs> and would fly away, and you would have your your thing. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, we've talked about this on the show before. That basically would mean that like. There would just be at like flying thirty feet at all times uh, above everyone's yeah, we, house and road. Would, <laughs> just we would do the Kessler syndrome, but for <laughs> telegraph pole height, which is fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. Where, uh, yeah, you just would have like these yeah, big pa- people's shit just falling out of the sky on you as like <laughs> drones, like d- their batteries R. die. R.I.P. Alice, crushed to death by a box of sex dildos someone awesome. ordered. <laughs> and- his, his sex asses were still stuck in Calais. 
<laughs> she died as she lived. Uh, but uh, right, the um, it's by promising these things, right? By by promising things like full self driving or deliveries by drone, these sort of vast improvements in consumer quality of life or the quality of the service you're consuming, that's kind of how they get their social license to operate. And I just thought it's very interesting that it's like, oh yeah, this is this, we turns out this, just, this thing doesn't work. I'm afraid our business still hasn't evolved beyond trying to make sure that the guy in the truck doesn't realize that he's a guy in a truck. Right. right. It hasn't evolved yeah. beyond the smoky rooms. He can't gain it, sentience. We're just, we are still doing the same things that everyone was doing to, to 100 years ago. Um, it's just, we're going to have to come up with a new... Uh, 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 sort of thing that gives us our social license to operate, which they will. Yes. Also, also, our boss uh, got so divorced that he left both his job and Earth. <laughs> yeah, they, the Amazon, they watched Terminator too. They saw the Terminator driving that truck, and they were like, "I bet he can't unionize." <laughs> so, <laughs> what's that guy doing right now? So, this, this, this is from uh, Wired. They say, um, prime, "Most Prime Air staff in the UK were either phased out from short-term contracts or made redundant." But before being made redundant, we're told to train their replacements in Costa Rica, which just to me seems sadistic. Wow. Mm. Uh, Amazon, um, Amazon basically says look, it probably will never realize. Uh, insiders say they will probably never realize its drone delivery dreams. Quote, when I was there, Prime Air was already years from being a thing, but it's just never going to get off the ground. Again, because it's a patently huh. ridiculous idea and anyone who isn't just hypnotized by this stuff would see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it won't get off the ground. Great yeah, pun that's there. Funny. Uh, I mean, we should, we should yeah. take children to school by drone. It should come and just like pick your child up by the head, like with a big suction cup, <laughs> and, and lift him in the air and take him to yeah, school. There's a risk that the Uber for school buses drivers might later try to unionize. Yeah. So we're just gonna have to use the drones. Uh, so this is a quote uh, from from Wired. Uh, mm. This is about sort of the the final days, the last days of Rome in mm. Prime Air. The the downfall in the in in the fucking Amazon Prime bunker. It, it was a Monday, and it was about eleven <laughs> or twelve p.m. And this guy just had an open can of Stella at his desk. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. yeah! He took it out of a fridge and popped it open at his desk. Another describes an employee taping down the because uh, this is their training AIs, right? Looking at pictures of like mm. um. Uh, uh, you know, hazards, car, like poles, doing yeah. like a bunch of recaptures yeah. a day. So yes. Another describes an employee pitting down the approve button on their computer so that all frames of footage <laughs> were being approved, irrelevant to whether or not yes. there were hazards. Yes, hell yeah. Yes, what a hell. King. Fuck I yeah. love this guy. Um, we gotta find that guy. <laughs> he's wrong. Yeah, that guy needs to join he's the same. union. Uh, yeah, everything started collapsing inwards, uh, said an insider, because Amazon piled too much work on. Again, as you say, Alex, they can't stop. Um, every day is day one, baby. That's the Jeff Bezos promise. Mm. <laughs> no it, sleep. It was, Soon, every day is day zero. <laughs> it was just one gigantic oversell. Every day is year zero. Year yeah. zero of the Amazon calendar. Yeah. And they put yeah. they put people in charge who didn't know anything about the project, and they just kept on overselling it. Um, an Amazon spokesperson said safety was the top priority for the drone project. And then, but, <laughs> and then it has rigorous <laughs> procedures in place to check the work of employees. Meanwhile, yeah, they're just like getting drunk at their desks and taping. It's like the drinking bird just hitting the approve button. Yeah, every, every Amazon employee <laughs> is just becoming Homer to do praxis. Which is fantastic. <laughs> uh, but so like it's, 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 this is a company whose social, whose, whose promise of a sort of, of technology is, um, as you can see from the drone story, mm. uh, you might say uh, uh, false, scant, a lie, etc. Um, mm. That it is just 
a guy in a truck, really. And it's that Jeff Bezos has managed to take control of the guy in the truck and live in this sort of... I'd live as this sort of invisible emperor, basically. Astral projecting into yeah. the guy in the truck. Uh, <laughs> so, right. uh, uh, other, but there's one more thing I want to talk about before we end here, which mm. is uh, the, um, and again, the, the Teamsters are kind of uh, back here, um, but the, uh, there's a bill being put forward by California Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez, uh, who basically wrote the law that forced companies to classify gig workers as employees that Prop 22 was designed to overturn and right. did. Uh, and she basically has this law now that is largely going because like Amazon workers get injured at a much higher rate than other workers in comparable warehouses, largely because or we think because of the mm-hmm. opaque and harshly enforced productivity quotas that are applied to them. Um, and uh, so Gonzalez, what she's doing is she basically says like is trying to create a regulation that would ensure that basically put a duty of care on the company to ensure that the that the quotas don't put workers at a risk of injury. And so this would basically legally sort of snooker Amazon in California by forcing them to, um, to set their quotas differently. It's the sort of the state fighting back kind of, right? And I sort of right. see that as an interesting project. Yeah, I mean, and the bill is about like, in part, there would be a standard set of what is the highest quota you can have that doesn't actually cause physical and mental distress for a worker and then you can't go above that and you can't be disciplined for doing that it also has details like you know anything an employee is doing that makes things safer or to follow standards or say like washing their hands during a pandemic can't be counted as time off task right which Mm -hmm. i think would drive like i'm sure bezos is driven insane by that because that was a big part of of everything was that employees during the pandemic were like i don't have time to wash my hands because time off task is the thing the scanner tells you and if it goes too high, if you're spending too much time taking a break or going to the bathroom, mm-hmm. then you're basically, you start being disciplined. You start getting yelled at and then eventually you get fired. And that's, mm-hmm. again, like where this these stories about not having time for bathrooms goes. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you could be like, well, I needed to take a break because I was being worked too hard and that can't be counted against you, I think <laughs> would actually be a huge wrench in mm-hmm. Amazon's disciplinary system. Um, exactly. Yeah. And so, and again, Amazon, part of it relies on obfuscation around its practices. Like people mm-hmm. who write about Amazon, it's very hard to get data, right? Like the stuff that we have now about the injury rates only came out a couple years ago from one investigative journalist. Like Amazon hides those numbers and also explicitly lies to people all the time. Like journalists, it just fully lies about numbers, especially in the warehouses. And so this sort of thing would force some level of transparency. Um, you know, Amazon's very uh, slick. As I'm sure they have ideas around how to keep this from being enforced. Certainly, like state mm-hmm. agencies are always lacking the resources, like OSHA, to actually go in and investigate different warehouses. Um, but it's good that this is happening, and certainly, like the Teamsters are a part of pass of pushing I, that bill. I do have an alternative, uh-huh. and hear me out here. OSHA SWAT team. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, let's get. I w- I want yeah. a bunch of guys to fucking breach and clear a fulfillment center for health and safety <laughs> violations. Yes. Yes. Give OSHA it. a battering ram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only good cops, maybe, would be the OSHA yeah. cops. Yeah. Yeah. It's like them, the guys who stop people from stealing the like nuclear fuel out of power plants. Yeah. And I don't know, like meat inspectors. Are they cops? Meat inspectors. Park park <laughs> rangers. Isn't that, isn't that a category on Pornhub? Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, shut the fuck up for I come out there and inspect oh, you me. Oh, the forest cops. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> why does this slightly remind me of there was... Uh, I I attended a, a very a very small and, and weird Oxbridge College, and I remember one of the fellows there Did who you? was in charge Where? of... Uh, no, I, I, Anglia Ruskin. And uh, one of the fellows there <laughs> who was in, in charge of a lot of, like, admin stuff, he goes, you know these freedom of information requests? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know, I've never received one that wasn't in some way vexatious. They always want to know things about college disciplinary procedures and things of that nature. He's like, anyway, I realized that if I simply destroyed all the records, I wasn't obligated to show them to anyone. He's like, <laughs> he's like now, of course I remember what's in all the records, but they can't prove that. <laughs> I'm not obligated to tell them. Yeah, and he got a job at Amazon, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was such a nice man. But so I, I think what, what, we're, what you're saying, right, is that this, because Amazon is unable to stop pushing and pushing and prodding and growing and just picking at that scab, like never letting it heal, and in fact, making the cut bigger. Um, it's good. This law, if it gets passed, like immediately, you know, again, a bunch of, you know, Californian Democrats are going to rally around, uh, you know, some like. So, California Democrats sound like a euphemism. Yeah. So, but they're, they're going to rally around <laughs> again some kind of like I don't know a grassroots group of nine concerned Amazon employees, mm. and then try to get it overturned, get an exception, get it watered down, and so on, like they did with the last piece of legislation Gonzalez passed, which they over which were overturned with Prop Twenty Two. Um, so it's like right, and a key and a key thing again, and this was demonstrated with like the thing about the Ohio board mm. negotiating anything they want is like Amazon will do what Uber did, which is say like we'll pull out of the state. Mm-hmm. If and even though they won't do that because they need to be near customers, it's their largest market in the United States. But they'll still say that, and then yes, they'll find some workers that say they mm-hmm. like their job, and they'll f- put them up. And because there's no organized labor alternative, of uh, it, you know, with the Uber and Lyft drivers, that was what was hard was people who just don't know any better were like, "Well, mm-hmm. this guy says he's a Lyft driver and he loves not having a uh, minimum wage, and nobody else is. <laughs> I can't find anyone disagreeing." And so, yeah, I think that's what you could expect from this. We spoke to the uh, Omarashi Enthusiast Club of the Amazon Fulfillment Warehouse, <laughs> who actually love the uh, disciplinary procedures. And so I, I think if like sort of almost like by way of wrapping up, right, mm. one of the things that you also you, you've sort of talked about and written about is this idea that Amazon can never make a credible threat to leave anywhere because they have to be doing everything everywhere. They can't not. Mm. And so... One of the things I think we have to sort of understand is actually you have a, you actually do have quite a bit of leverage over them, if only because they have a 100 uh, percent can't miss requirement to be doing everything everywhere. So they'll never leave. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like they have more fixed capital than other tech companies. They actually have to be in places. They have to you know, you can't get something to someone's door in two hours if you're not in the state. And that's what eventually Mm. gets them to enter all these states and these new countries and things. Mm, And so in that sense, people do have some leverage, at least on the warehouse arm of Amazon. I mean, Mm. AWS is a different story, but the retail operation, unfortunately, (laughs) Bezos cannot um, sort of get around the the rules of geography and time um, yet. And so he does. He certainly, I mean, has to be in California. Mm. And this is happening in Europe, too. I mean, the EU has like issued a huge fine on Amazon and they're probably going to threaten to pull out of it, out of Europe, but at the same time, they have to be there. Yeah. You know, they have to get goods to doors because then there another operator will just start in Europe, and Amazon will then buy that operator, and they'll be back in Europe. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Where else are you going to buy your shit, Nile? That's right. <clears throat> yeah.
Anyway, Amazon Albania. Noticing that we've been we've been going a little <laughs> bit a little bit over time. Um, I just want to say, by way of wrapping up, Alex, uh, it's been a real joy to have you on the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was fun. I learned so much about um, what it's like to live in London with the orb. <laughs> Yeah, so. Uh, oh, so good. We love Learn so much orb. about parking. I, for one, welcome the orb. Yes, uh, we're all here in the new T. We've moved the TF recording studio from the mound to the orb. Yeah. Uh, we are inside the orb right now. Yeah, it's we're crazy. all in the orb. Orb yeah. is life. The, right. orb, uh, the greater orb is the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. We're on a big orb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh sorry. Oh, oh, I bet you hate that London's on a big orb, too, if you're so anti-orb. Yeah. <laughs> anti-orb. Why don't you go live on an asteroid of an irregular shape? <laughs> yeah. Don't like it? There's a cosmos. <laughs> no, uh, and, Why don't you go live on a gas giant, then? And where, where can people find Primer? <laughs> Yeah, so people can find Primer either at, I have a Patreon and all the episodes are free on there that you could also subscribe. That's on um, patreon.com backslash Primer podcast. And also it's part of Jacobin's suite of podcasts. And so if you just search Jacobin radio on any, you know, whatever, wherever people listen to podcasts, I wouldn't know. I don't really listen to podcasts, but Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, whatever, you can find it on there. Well, a few people you met who's made more podcasts than I've listened to. <laughs> I mean, that is actually probably true of some of us. Oh, it's definitely true of me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, with all that being said, uh, don't forget, we have a Patreon also. But unlike Alex, we have decided to make ours cost money because we mm. need goods and services. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. Because yeah. we are because we are dangus. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> money to enter the orb. Yeah, we are all dangus. <laughs> uh, it's uh, slightly cheaper to get a Trash Future podcast subscription than to pay the once was cost to go up the mound. They've made the mound free. Oh. Fortunately, so well they, they, they've devalued the mound. Yeah, the, now no one's going to care about the mound. Yeah, no one's interested in the mound. If it's no, they're going to be spending that mound money I've on us. Told that, I've windfall, been told that really? Amazon is going to be acquiring the mound so yeah, that it can drive packages mound. to people on and around the mound. Yeah, rolling them down can, the mound. Yeah, we're going to put like right. a big a big trebuchet atop the mound. Yeah, exactly. Just throwing them off the yeah. top to various parts awesome. of London. Yeah, we, we've actually we haven't removed the drone division. What we've done is we have. Relocated it, medieval Amazon with a trebuchet. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a police horse get killed by a fucking like box of sex dildos fired out of a trebuchet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. Anyway, uh, I was riding the horse in a perpendicular fashion to the mouth, at which point uh, the horse uh, was struck in an equine manner by a flying box of uh, sexual dildo aids. Uh. (laughs) so with all that being said thank you very much for listening thanks again alex for coming on don't forget to check out primer don't forget to check out us on patreon don't forget to check out the orb yeah don't forget to check out the orb see what's going on there it's outside your window right now open your curtains check out the The orb is within you don't forget the orb's not there yet uh, the o- the mound is still there. But it though, will be. So soon. Uh, you only have a few short months to check out the mound. They may dismantle it sooner because it's a massive boondoggle. What if they build the orb in time and then you'd be able to see the orb from the mound? Uh, well, that's mm. right. What if they build the orb on top of the mound? I think look, we could get a lot of things going here, but I think yeah, like a snow globe. <laughs> that's true. But uh, so again, thanks everyone for being on. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone mm. subscribing. See you in a few days on the premium episode. Premium. Yeah, don't like it. There's the orb. Goodbye. Bye.